Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That was a Maryland highlight last night. Didn't sound very loud at Xfinity Center uh, last night. They snapped a three-game losing skid in front of, uh, let's just say kindly, a non-sellout crowd in College Park. Good morning, a few guests on the show today. Uh, we are a month away now from Selection Sunday. We've got a guy that I've actually been a fan of uh, watching the Big Ten Network over the years, but I don't think we have ever had Rafael Davis on the show. He's going to join us here in about 35 minutes. We'll talk some college hoops, some Terps, some Big Ten um, as we start to approach that time of the year where people get more uh, engaged. Joe Beninati is going to be on with us at 11 a.m. We'll talk some Alex Ovechkin. Uh, he's scored in six straight games, uh, only the third player in NHL history over the age 38 or older, excuse me, to do that. Um, we'll ask Joe whether or not he envisions any sort of playoff run uh, down the stretch. They're not legitimately in contention right now, but I was looking at something early this morning, Denton, the Caps have lost two in a row. They've lost eight of their last nine. But they have played a schedule over the last three weeks that has been brutal. I mean, they have essentially faced five of the top six or seven teams in the NHL over the last three weeks. The schedule lightens up for them a little bit, so we'll see how much um, light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, optimism Joe B has at 11 a.m. Uh, the horror during the Chiefs victory parade yesterday in Kansas City was awful uh, and tragic. Our good friend Steven Spector, who runs 610 Sports Radio in KC, will be with us at 11.35. Man, a lot of guests on the show today. And then we'll talk some NFL draft with Barrett Salee at 12.35, Barrett covers college football on SiriusXM and has a podcast called Smothered and Covered. Denton knows him well, works with him, so he'll be on with us at 12.35. Real quickly, on the Terps win last night, for those of you uh, that care about Maryland basketball like I do, uh, it's a good win for them. They were down 10. It's the second time this year they've been down double digits to Iowa and come back and beaten uh, the Hawkeyes. I was not a good team this year. They're not going to the tournament this year. Um, but man, Maryland is really a, a team that it's very rare to see a team perform the way Maryland has this year from this standpoint. All right. All right. They are an absolute wretched 
offensive basketball team. They are 181 in the country after last night per Ken Palm's adjusted offensive efficiency ranking. 181. All right, that is as bad as it gets for a Power 5 conference team. And at the same time, they are excellent defensively. Fifth in the country per Ken Palm's adjusted defensive efficiency number. They play hard. They defend. I know for some of you that is eye-roll territory for you Maryland fans. Oh, really, Sheehan, you're about to, to tell me something positive about them? Yeah, I am um, from this perspective, all right? When you are not winning and you are terrible on offense, you basketball people will know exactly what I'm talking about here. It is hard to get your team to defend night in and night out. All right, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The coaches that listen to this show who are friends of mine, you know when you are a struggling team record-wise and you're not good on offense, it is hard to get your team to hang in there and really get after it defensively night in and night out. Why? Well, because for most, defense isn't as fun as offense is. So if you've got a team that's bad on defense and you're losing games, well, your players are still excited to go out and get shots up. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and get some shots up and try to get 20 tonight. When you're bad on offense and losing games, it is so hard to go out and be good defensively night in and night out. It's just human nature for most people who play basketball. There are some people that love defense more than offense. Typically, they're not very good offensive players. But offense, for most, is more enjoyable than just guarding somebody. The Terps have struggled so much on offense this year, and they had lost three straight games going into last night, and yet they were just as intense and committed defensively as they've been all year long. Iowa is the highest-scoring team in the Big Ten. Their two lowest outputs of the season were in two losses to Maryland. It is really... um, a, a, a contradiction in watching this team, how good they are defensively and how bad they are offensively. Um, but for that, I say kudos to Kevin Willard and his, and his staff. They have not come close to having their team throw in the towel on a season that has not gone the way most of us thought it would. Still six games left. They have 14th-ranked Illinois at home on Saturday at 530 It would be nice if the students would show up. The place to say it harshly and not kindly last night was embarrassing to to anybody that's ever been a hardcore Maryland basketball fan. I can't remember a more sparse crowd for a mid-February conference game. Uh, By the way, already they've beaten Illinois once on the road, so a sweep over the Illini, who is you know, right now targeted to be a three-seed or a four-seed in the NCAA tournament, maybe a five-seed. That would give Maryland fans maybe that faint, you know, slight door ajar for a run down the stretch if they were to win Saturday. But they're going to need people to actually show up to watch them play. Um, That was awful to see uh, last night uh, on the students' uh, participation in – College Park last night. All right, we changed direction here. I want to read this that uh, this email that came from Jesse 
Read it right before the show. Can't believe, Kevin, the overreaction to all of the skins hires. Big whoop. (laughs) I haven't heard a big whoop in a while. I love big whoop. Is that a boomer saying, Denton? Big whoop? That's a boomer saying. Okay. Um, Jesse continues. We don't have a clue on what Josh Harris has put into motion. These might be good hires. They also might be disastrous hires. Adam Peters has never been a GM before, and this guy, Newmark, I'll talk about him here in a moment, who they hired yesterday, has been in one place for 30 years. Lance Newmark was a hire yesterday to be the assistant GM. He has been in Detroit actually for 28 years. Um, But uh, I won't get in the way, the facts get in the way of Jesse's um, emotion here. He writes, this guy Newmark has been in one place for 30 years, and for 29 of those years, the franchise he worked for was one of the worst in the league. What are we talking about? It seems to me that you're, as in mine, Benefit of the doubt position is fair and sensible, but even you seem to be overly optimistic about the staff and the front office hires. Here's the only thing we really know for sure about the current group that is now in place. Dan Quinn has been an average head coach and probably wasn't the team's first choice. Everything else is wait and see. Oh, Jesse, man. Wet blanket. Come on, man. They got the number one GM candidate. They got a staff with two former head coaches on it. They hired Lance Newmark. He's been a part of what we've seen Detroit do here recently, which is draft really well. Uh, No, I get what you're saying. Honestly, I do. Um, Now, let me just quickly. uh, This just is going to drive me nuts. I, I can't stand... The dopes out there that are still stuck on Dan Quinn wasn't the team's first choice, or Dan Quinn was way down the list. They had to settle for Dan Quinn. Stop it, okay? It's okay to say I don't know. Uh, you know, instead of pushing this narrative, Dan Quinn from the jump was right near the top of their list. Okay, just understand that. I know that people who, you know, were so convinced that Dan Quinn was settled for and were wrong about it aren't going to come off of it and they're going to push it forever instead of saying, hey, I may have been wrong on this. But Dan Quinn was near the top of their list the moment they sat down via Zoom and interviewed him for the first time. Anyway, I do know what you're saying, though, Jesse, overall. We don't have much of a clue. And I am in benefit-of-the-doubt mode. um, But I'm also in benefit-of-the-doubt mode not going to just say, benefit of the doubt, let's move on to the next topic. Because there are things that we know about some of their hires. First of all, Dan Quinn being an average hire, or um, let me just read his quote exactly. Dan Quinn has been an average head coach. Um, Yeah, I guess 43 and 42 would be average. That's fair. Um, I mean, he went to the playoffs in back-to-back years and took a team to a Super Bowl. uh, And... You know, the bottom line is, as you look at Dan Quinn objectively, what we do know about him is that he is apparently a terrific leader. He's also been a very, very, you know, solid to to excellent, somewhere in that range, not average, you know, good to excellent defensive coordinator. 
in the NFL, defensive mind in the NFL. But yeah, if you want to just look at the record, it's been average. And, you know, it's not like anybody is out there saying, you know, he's part of that wave of super innovative, um, you know, super creative head coaches, outside the box thinking head coach. No, that's not what's come with his hiring. What's come with his hiring is more of kind of terrific leader, old school, can put a staff together, can, you know, manage a team. Um, and again, the reason he was always at the top of their list is that with a first-time NFL owner and a first-time NFL general manager, they really, you know, going through the process, came to the conclusion that they didn't want a first-time head coach, you know, especially, you know, a first-time head coach that wasn't even sure that he wanted to be a head coach, speaking of Ben Johnson specifically. Um but I, I do get it. Like we, the, the truth is, you never know, right? You never know when it's a whole new group of people together for the first time, you know, in this setting. Even though several of the people on the staff have worked with Quinn or have worked with, together or worked in San Francisco, I can tell you this: they had to negotiate to a certain degree um, and prod Detroit to let Lance Newmark go. All right, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Lance Newmark name because maybe you were knee deep in watching the, you know, the events in Kansas City unfold yesterday, Lance Newmark joining Washington's front office. He will be the assistant general manager to Adam Peters. He was and has been in Detroit for 28 years, uh, 26 years, 28 years total in the league. The most recent title for Lance Newmark was Senior Director of Player Personnel, which included seeing, um, overseeing, excuse me, the college and pro scouting operations. He essentially was the top guy to GM Brad Holmes. And prior to that, remember, he worked with Martin Mayhew, who was the GM of the Lions. And if you just look at the reason to be optimistic, Jesse, is this. You've gotten Adam Peters from the San Francisco organization that has been one of the best-run organizations in recent years. I did think the Steve Wilkes firing was interesting uh, yesterday by Kyle, and I will get to uh, talking about that a little bit later on in the show. Um, but he comes from you know good stock, as they say. Uh, and then as you look at Detroit – you could make the case that nobody's drafted better than the Detroit Lions have drafted in the last few years. They have been outstanding. You know, we were talking about, you know, the Jared Goff, the Ben or it would, actually it was more about the Ben Johnson conversation leading up to what we thought would be, you know, an interview and a potential hiring of Ben Johnson. And, you know, the truth is I'm sure Ben Johnson's done a great job, don't get me wrong, as a, a you know, offensive, you know, game planner, designer, uh day day, you know, in-game uh, play caller and adjuster, et cetera. I mean, this is what we heard, you know, post haste on him is this is his preference to sort of lock the door on Monday, come out on Wednesday with a genius offensive game plan. But I digress. The point is is that Detroit had a lot of talent on offense. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown has become an elite receiver. They got him in the 21 draft in the fourth round. 
Their offensive line, you could argue, is one of the best in football. You know, they added Frank Ragnow, first round in 18. Panay Sewell, first round in 21. Uh, They may have one of the best young tight ends in the game. I mean, not May. He was a second-team All-Pro as a rookie, Sam Laporta, who they got in the second round. They drafted Jameer Gibbs, much to the, the dismay of all the analytics people, in the first round. I don't know if they get as far as they get this year without Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Jamison Williams was a first-round pick, major deep threat. Now, he's had injuries, and then he had you know that gambling suspension, et cetera. And then defensively, is there a better young pass rusher in the game than Aiden Hutchinson? You know, is there a better-looking young, you know, versatile DB than Brian Branch? Kirby Joseph was picked in the third round. How good has he been for them? They have drafted exceptionally well. So... The optimism comes from you got great stock in Adam Peters based on, you know, the, the the organization in which he came from. And he chose Lance Newmark, who Martin Mayhew knew very well, who's come from an organization, yes, Jesse, to your point, they've pretty much been awful for his entire time in the organization. But recently they've been outstanding in roster construction and in the draft in particular. So I think, you know, those are some of the reasons to be uh, excited about the front office staff. And then as far as the coaching staff, yeah, I mean, you know, the Bobby Johnson hire for the O-line, you know, on paper doesn't look great based on the most recent performance. Hell, the most recent performance, the playoff game, doesn't make Dan Quinn look that good. Uh, But we'll take his overall, you know, 25-year resume. Uh, into uh, consideration uh, when evaluating that hire. Um, But I also wanted to mention that Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney are both sticking around. That was made official or reported by Ben and Nikki and others. Uh, Mayhew now uh, moves from the GM title, which Adam Peters has, to Senior Personnel Executive Advisor to the general manager. Mayhew obviously was a general manager in Detroit, ended up being a GM here in a coach-centric you know, structure with Ron Rivera, um, and now will be, you know, along with Newmark, in that front office and a key part of that front office with Adam Peters running it. Uh, and then Marty Herney, who has been in the organization brought in by Ron Rivera. Marty Herney is staying on in a, quote, advisory role, closed quote. I had mentioned, I think, two months ago now, something like that, going back to December at some point, maybe November, November, December time frame. I had mentioned that Marty Herney had become a trusted voice for Josh Harris uh, during the season. Um Marty Herney's a longtime NFL guy. I understand he was, you know, Panthers and Ron Rivera. He was also Bobby Bethard and Charlie Casserly. Marty Herney was Bobby Bethard's guy. He took him to San Diego and started his career as a guy that was a reporter, a beat reporter for the Washington Star and Washington Times, and then has had this incredibly long NFL career. Marty is also in that organization. Let me just mention this because I think this is something that has been important, 
I know ownership now, you know, with Mitch Rails and with Josh Harris and with many of the limited partners, there is a sense of what this organization is about, what its fan base is about, what its history is about. You know, hopefully we don't have to, you know, rely on some of the people that have been making some of those decisions in recent years that really didn't understand this organization or the history of it. But you have it in ownership now, and you have it with Doug Williams still in the organization, and you have it with Marty Herney. Marty Herney grew up in this area. You know, he's a good council guy. He is from this area, Catholic University guy. Uh, Worked in the organization, covered the team. He knows what the untapped, hopefully still untapped potential is. Um, And I would assume that during his tenure, they didn't listen enough to Marty Herney about some of the major sort of public-facing blunders they made. Um, But overall... Yeah, benefit of the doubt, yes, but also some level of optimism. Again, let me go back to what I said last week, I guess. If I had told you one month ago, you know, which was a week after Ron Rivera had been hired, or a couple of days, excuse me, after Ron Rivera had been fired, if I told you one month ago, you're going to get Adam Peters, he's the number one sought-after general manager in this hiring cycle, You are going to get a proven leader uh, and a guy that they fell in love with after the first interview, also known as one of, if not, their top choices in Dan Quinn. You're going to end up revamping the front office to include somebody who has been a big part of scouting and evaluating talent recently in the Detroit organization where they've done it exceptionally well. You're going to end up with two former head coaches on the staff, one who basically was about to take a job in Vegas in Cliff Kingsbury, but decided, no, Washington's a better opportunity. They're interested. I'm going there. To add an Anthony Lynn is exciting because he's one of the most respected coaches, respected people in the league and has been significant in running games throughout his career. He's going to come in as the run game coordinator. Um, you've kept guys that are promising like Ryan Kerrigan and Tavita Pritchard. Uh, and you've added a guy that was an OC last year in the league, um, in Brian Johnson. I, I think if I told you four weeks ago, you're going to end up with this. I think most of you would have taken it. I think the reason there is skepticism from people like Jesse, and I'm not saying it's unjustified. We don't know about a lot of these people and how it'll all come together. You know, whether or not they're, you know, this is the uh, making of some terrific chicken salad or the opposite of that. Um, But again, if I told you four weeks ago we're going to end up with this, I think everybody first and foremost would have said, huh, that's interesting about Dan Quinn. But man, we got Adam Peters. That was the most important hire. But Jesse, to your point, We don't know what he'll be as a general manager. We just know that he was excellent as an assistant general manager, by all accounts, and he comes from an organization that has done it right for a while. Um, We shall see. But, hey, uh, it's better than what we've had for 25 years 
All right, we have a normal structure. We seem to have normal people. How about let's just start with, can we just have a normal person, somebody with common sense involved? And I think we have several of those. By the way, tomorrow on the show, Dan Quinn will be with us right about now, uh, 1025 tomorrow morning on the show. Dan Quinn will be my guest. Uh, All right, when we come back, something happened last night in local sports that was very encouraging. More on that next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and theteam980.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 125-118. A minute 57 left. McCollum now. Down low. Nance. Nance. Trying to feed in the corner. Intercepted by Jones. It was intended for Herb Jones. Matthias Jones intercepts. Right wing outside the arc. Avdia need it. Oh, it's there! Denny Avdia makes it a four-point game and welcome to 40-point territory. How about 41 for Denny Avdia? The Wizards within four, 125-121. It's there! Dave Johnson on the call. Legendary at this point, Dave Johnson, for as many years as he's been doing the Wizards games uh, with Glenn Consor on Wizards Radio. Heard here uh, last night on your home for Wizards basketball. So, Denny Avdia last night scored 43 points in a game. He also had 15 rebounds, three assists in the game as well. He was 13 of 24. He was 6 of 10 from behind the arc. And Denny Avdia scored the most points any Wizard player has uh, scored in a game since Bradley Beal had 50 back on May 8th uh, in 2021. Uh, That was the year that Beal had 60 and went off in a lot of games uh, that year. Uh, Last year, I think Porzingis had 41. Kuzma's had a 40-point game or two maybe. But Denny Avdia has been one of these players that if you're paying attention, most of you aren't. I understand that. but, But for those that have, is part of a future if the Wizards end up having a future 
by, you know, eventually adding a true star or two. And Denny Avdia out of their players, along with their first-round pick this year, Bilal Koulibaly, has a chance to be, you know, a big-time number two or number three on a contending team down the road. They're going to have to find, via the draft, and that's what they're working towards, the accumulation of as many picks and as much you know, draft capital as possible to get into position maybe in the 2025 draft more so than the 2024 draft or even the 2026 draft to draft some sort of generational talent. You've got to have one of those to be a legitimate championship team. Um, But Denny Avdia is a good player. He has been their best defender since he joined the team, basically. They have also added in Koulibaly another guy who can really defend. He's an excellent team player. He has great feel for the game. Uh, And I've been a fan of Denny Avdia's since he came into the league. I've never thought for a moment that Denny Avdia was going to be one of those bust first-round picks that the Wizards have had. Denny Avdia, Israeli, all right, 23 years old, selected number nine in the 2020 draft overall, has had a career that's been a slow build offensively, but he's always been there defensively. And the thing that you've noticed in watching him offensively during his first uh, four seasons is that he ain't bashful. Like, this isn't a guy that is timid or doesn't believe in his abilities offensively. They've just had other options, you know, Bradley Beal, Westbrook, you know, other play Kuzma for, for sure. Um, Porzingis last year, they've just had better options offensively. But last night was an indication. If you've been paying attention to the wizards at all, that Denny Avdia is going to be a legitimate really good player and a really good two-way player in this game. This is an old person's or an older person's game. You know, the the drafting of 18 and 19-year-olds, which he was drafted as a 19-year-old, you've got to wait. you got to wait three, four, five years before you really know. Well, in his fourth season, you're starting to see, yeah, he can really do it. He's shooting 52% from the floor. He's shooting 40.5% from behind the arc. He is an all-around defender, a very versatile defender. He'll rebound. He'll he'll make the right play offensively. Um, I've enjoyed watching him since the jump, and I'm starting to get the feeling that Koulibaly is kind of cut from a similar cloth. You know, defense was his early calling call or is his early calling call, although the offense has been better. The Wizards are a terrible team. Don't get me wrong, but there are reasons to be optimistic about the future. Denny Avdia is definitely, along with Bilal Koulibaly, two of the reasons to be optimistic. Now, they're not going to lead you as the number one and number two player into players into some level of contention, legitimate contention in the NBA? No. But if you add the superstar, then those two could end up being significant pieces, maybe a number two or a number three in a, you know on a contending team in, say, 2027. I also um, saw this uh, from 
from, hold on, where is it? I had the tweet up here a second ago. Bear with me. Um, it was essentially, I'm forgetting who reported it, but the offer for Kyle Kuzma was two first round picks from Dallas. The Wizards didn't take the two first. This it was Brian Windhorst. Brian Windhorst said the Wizards were offered two first round picks by Dallas at the trade deadline for Kyle Kuzma. And the Wizards, according to the Josh Robbins story in The Athletic, they went to Kyle Kuzma because they really like Kyle Kuzma. Everybody does in the organization. And they asked him if he wanted to go, and he said, no, I want to stay. I don't know, man, two firsts? The problem is it's Dallas's two firsts. You don't know what you can do with those, but they turned him down because I think they look at Koulibaly, they look at Kuzma, they look at Denny Avdia. They probably look at a guy like Corey Kispert, who's getting better and better. Um, and they feel like they've got a young nucleus where if they get lucky to a certain degree, because you kind of have to get lucky, you know, with respect to, you know, where the ping pong ball ping pong balls land in the draft lottery. But if they can add significant pieces in 24, 25, and 26 in the draft, maybe maybe three, four years from now, they've got a really good basketball team. We'll see. But congrats to Denny Avdia. Um, It's been at times in watching him, there have been games where you're like, he could have gone for more. You know, he was good enough tonight to go for 30-plus. His career high was 25, which, by the way, he, um, he had against Dallas in their last outing. 43-15 and 15 last night for Avdia. You know, when you get 43 and 15 in, a, in an NBA game against a good opponent, New Orleans is a good opponent, there's some upside there. Uh, Rafael Davis does such a great job for the Big Ten Network. I've been a fan from afar for a while. We've got him on the show next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. NFL news yesterday, the 49ers announced they have fired Steve Wilkes as the defensive coordinator, parting ways after Super Bowl 58. So they have a new guy that will come in and fill that role. And the NBA Celtics make a little bit of history. They beat the Nets 136-86, to a 50-point victory for Boston over Brooklyn. The Wizards lose to New Orleans 133-126. to Denny Avdia, career-high 43 points, 6 of 10 from three-point range. Zion led the Pelicans with 36. Maryland beats Iowa 78-66, to 47 points in the second half for Maryland. Jameer Young had 21 points to lead the Terps. Deshaun Harris-Smith added 17 points off the bench, a career-high in college for him. And great news for video game fans. If you look at EA Sports and their college social media pages, you will see a change in logos. It's college football 25. To all of us that love video games, we made it. And that's what's trending. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Maryland got a win last night, uh, not in front of one of the larger crowds we've ever seen at Xfinity Center. Uh, Hopefully that changes this Saturday. They've got 14th-ranked Illinois in town, a game you'll hear right here on your home for Maryland basketball, the Team 980. 530 tip for that one. Maryland's already beaten Illinois once. They need this one if they're going to have any sort of door, uh, you know, opened up for Uh, a run here at the end of the year. They're going to have to beat Illinois at home on Saturday. Joining us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books, download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com, is Rafael Davis. Rafael's been doing a phenomenal job. And let me just mention, Rafael, I just have been a fan of yours because as a Maryland guy, I watch a lot of Big Ten Network, and I think you do such a great job on the set analyzing the games, pregame, halftime, postgame, etc. So it's really good to have you on the show. I was watching last night, and I said to Denton, I've had him on my list to get on the show for like three years. Let's call him up and see if he'll do it. So Rafael's with us. You can follow him on X on Twitter at Rafael Davis three. It's R A P H E A L Davis three. He played for Matt Painter for four years at Purdue. His last year was in 2016. So before we get to the Terps, because I do have this sense in watching you here in recent years that you kind of like Maryland um, and maybe liked them a lot heading into this year. But before we get to that, I want to ask you about your alma mater. Is this going to be the year that Matt Painter gets Purdue to the Final Four? Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on. I have a um, strong connection to Washington, D.C. My mother's from Washington, D.C., my grandmother. My cousin actually went to Maryland, so no, I love it out east. But uh, for Purdue... Coach Payne, I think this is the year where he has his pieces. I think Coach Payne has a system that he runs as far as offensively and defensively, and it's uh, pieces. You have to have each piece for the puzzle to fit together. And I think this year he has every piece that he needs. He has a strong point guard, Brandon Smith, one of the best guards in America. Uh, Being a sophomore now, I think Brandon's went through something unique that no one in college basketball really gets to experience. Because if you remember coming into Purdue, Braden wasn't highly touted. And even Purdue fans, Purdue fans were saying, we need a point guard. And Braden sitting right there. I remember going to Braden before his freshman season, and I just straight up asked him, I said, the fans are saying they don't have a point guard. What are you going to do about it? And he said, I'd be one of the best point guards ever play here. And that's what he's doing. I mean, right now, he's playing at an all-American level. He went through having no hype to get to the peak of of college basketball, the number one team in America, 
to, to all be going away, losing the FDU, and now he's back at the bottom. Not a lot of guys get to feel that their freshman year, going from the bottom to the top, back to the bottom. So he's highly motivated. The same for Fletcher Lawyer. Fletcher Lawyer is back in his natural position as a shooter, just there to make shots now that you have Lance Jones, who is a perfect addition, a great defender on the perimeter, can, can lock up, take guys out of games. But then he can go get his own basket. That's what they did not have last season. They didn't have a guard off the dribble that could attack the paint or make a play for him or someone else. Zach's better, obviously, playing at a national player of the year level, but this team is deeper. They're more athletic when you think of Cam Heidi, Miles Colvin, even though they play limited minutes. Uh, I just I like this bunch. I think if they um if they're finishing strong right now, but if they get the right matchups in the tournament, I think they could take it all the way. I've been one of those people. I've just always been a Matt Painter fan. I think he yeah. I think he X's and O's it as well as anybody in college basketball. I think he's been yeah. underrated, but you know the drill here, right? I mean, if you yeah. don't you know, you get beat in the first round by Fairleigh Dickinson. You lose the year before in a game you should have won. You were favored to win in the Sweet 16. When he hasn't gotten there, look, he had a great chance, obviously, uh, in that Elite Eight game uh, when Carson Edwards went for like 43 against UVA. That was that was their opportunity for sure. But do they have a style of play? And I would ask you if this is the case with a lot of the teams in the Big Ten that isn't necessarily conducive to winning tournament games or making them more vulnerable in tournament games, kind of the grinding style of the Big Ten? Well, I mean, I go back to that Carson Edwards year. I mean, they're just a, they're a rebound away from a Final Four, free throw right. block out, or they're a free throw make away from a Final Four. I think Ryan Klein missed one. So, I, I mean, the, the, the style works. I mean, you think – Back to Robbie Hummel and those guys. If Robbie doesn't get hurt, they probably go to a Final Four. So, I mean, the, you just need the pieces. And last season, the, the style, they didn't have the pieces. They didn't have a guard that can go make a play off the dribble. You need a guard in March. You need guards in March. Yep. In the last few years, the Big Ten just hasn't had great, a great collective of guards. I think this year right now is one of the better years for guards in the league. I compare this, this year point guards and two guards. Back to the early 2010s when you had, like, Evan Turner running around, Kalen Lucas, Taylor Battle and those guys, Lou Jack, Etwan Moore. This was, this is what this guard group is now. You have Boo Bowie, Jameer Young. Those two guards are probably two of the best in the country. Tyson Walker's right there with them. Braden Smith, A.J. Hogarth's playing better. So I think this collective of guards is more suitable for the tournament. But I think when you get into March, if you don't have a guy that when that shot clock is going down, that you can just get a ball to him on the perimeter and say, get out the way, go make a play, you're going to struggle. And I think Purdue didn't have that last year. It was uh, throw the ball in to Zach Eady, score for us, or kick it out free. And it wasn't by design. The guards just were limited. They just Ethan Morton just didn't have the ball skills or the quickness or the athleticism that Lance Jones has. So I think even you look around the league like a Michigan State with their trio of guards, you look how they did Baylor earlier this year, at this point in the game, it's a guards game. And I, I like that about the Big Ten this year, that this year it felt more guard-driven. This was one of the first years where the best players as a collective in the league were guards. And I think it's, um, it's been big time. You look at Maryland, you look at Jameer Young, he can put the whole team on his back and carry him to a victory. And now that you have Deshaun Harris-Smith playing a little bit better, him gaining some confidence, those two guys can make you go. And then the, then you have the bigs, like the Julian Reeves, the Dante Scott. 
you throw it to them, make let them score just to loosen up the court a little bit. We're talking to Rafael Davis. He works for the Big Ten Network. He played for, for Purdue and Matt Painter for four years, um, ending in 2016. was a big part of some of those t- uh, tournament teams in 15 and 16. So let's talk Maryland. So for people like me who you know are diehards, it's been a frustrating season because there were high expectations. They were picked third, you know, no worse than fourth or fifth, depending on which preseason poll you looked in at for in the Big Ten. You know, they had Young and 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 Dante and um, Juju coming back. Uh, they've been excellent defensively, Ray Fell, but why have they struggled so much offensively? They just don't have the shooting. I don't think. I think that coach expected to have. I know he. Uh... Talked to coach a little bit coming into this year. And I know he, I think he mentioned Jamie Kaiser, one of the better shooters he has seen as a freshman. And he mentioned Deshaun Harris-Smith was one of the better players he had coached as a freshman. And you put so much into freshmen, and then when they don't pan out right away, it hurts you. And I think um, the non-production from those two guys early really hurt them. I think those two guys – didn't necessarily understand winning basketball. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but in the sense of when you go on the road in the Big Ten, you could take one bad shot, and that bad shot could spark an 8-0 run, and now you're out of that game. And it took a while for those freshmen to learn what's a good shot, when do I shoot it, when do I attack, and that's what, it, that's what the game is. And I think um, the game at Illinois is when they really started to turn the corner, when it was – it was – Julian Reese, it was Jameer Young, it was Dante Scott, then everybody else shot when they were open. And I think that type of road definition took a while to gain offensively. I think they just simply struggled to make shots all season. But then I think – and then at the beginning of the year, Jameer Young got off to a slow start. It was a little shaky at first, and everybody was still trying to figure it out. But I expected – I had high expectations for Maryland coming in because they had exactly what you want. They have an all-American caliber point guard, Jameer Young, who can – carry a game in clutch time, who can go win you one. I thought Julian Reese would be right there with Zach Eady as the best big in the, in the conference. Uh, Dante Scott played over 150 games. He started over 150 games. So they have the core that you want. And then you look at Jamie Kaiser, Deshaun Harris-Smith, Deshaun being the top 30 freshman, Jamie being top 80. You expected a little more from those guys. Like I always say, you can't expect freshmen to produce much. I was saying that about Indiana coming to this year. McKenzie and Baco is going to have to be the leading score. They're going to struggle because freshmen struggle to be consistent, especially on the road. So I think their core guys, Dante Scott, Julian Reese, and Jameer Young, they struggled to start and they didn't get off on the right track. But when those three guys are good and then they get a little bit of production from somebody else, I think Maryland is a really tough out. And they got some chances left this season. I heard you mention the Illinois game. They're able to get that Illinois game and then win some. No one's going to want to play Maryland going into that Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I have definitely noticed with you this year, going back to sort of the, the before the season began and you guys had sort of the preview show, you were you were a believer in them. And even listening to yeah. you last night, it sounds like you have not given up on them. Um, no. And, and I, I don't know if they can get enough offense to go on enough of a run here. Uh, to win the games that they'll have to win. But I said earlier in the show, Rafael, I don't know that I've ever seen a team that is as good defensively and as bad offensively in one season. Maryland's 181st in Ken Palm's adjusted offensive efficiency and fifth 
defensively. And I said basketball people will understand this. It's harder to get the buy-in on defense night in and night out than it is on offense when you're not winning games. Are you bullish? Are you optimistic that they could make a a run and and that they're not out of it yet? Yeah, because I'll give you one that's worse. You look at Rutgers, and I could be wrong, but I think Rutgers is number two in adjusted defense in the country, number two defense in the country. And I think their offense is 282nd. So uh, Maryland's sitting pretty if you compare it to Rutgers. But I think um, I, I am bullish on Maryland. I look at I look at who they play and the opportunities they have. You got Illinois still. You got Wisconsin. You got Northwestern. Those are three tournament teams. If you're able to beat three tournament teams and then go into the Big Ten tournament, maybe you get a first day bye, and then you're able to win that first one, and you're able to get to that Saturday, that means you're beating tournament teams. So if they're able to put it together right now and go on a run, it could be similar to what Rutgers did a couple of years ago with Paul McCahey and Ron yeah. Harper and those guys, when they run four ranked games, four ranked games in a row or something, something to that fashion, teams have done it. You look back to uh, Penn State last season. Penn State finished the season super strong. They were not even on the bubble conversation, but the way they finished the season, they went into the Big Ten tournament and won some games, and they were right there. So I think Maryland is a team that, for me, I hope they get to make a run, and I hope they're able to – pull it together right now because, one, they have teams ahead of them that they can beat, especially if you look at Wisconsin right now. This is when you want to play Wisconsin. But then also, if you look at Maryland's style of play, I think it fits the tournament. I think they get into the tournament and they go win some games. I think with their athleticism, with their size, with their physicality, with their ability to get up and down the floor with anybody athletically, I think that's what's Lesser than the style of play in the Big Ten, but more so the athleticism that's hurt it the last couple of years of the tournament. You look at Iowa and Auburn yes. last year. You look at around the conference teams, even, even Illinois, they looked like they were not as athletic as Arkansas last year. You know what I mean? So yeah. the lack of athleticism has really hurt the Big Ten. And this year, Maryland is one of the more athletic teams. That's why they give teams problems. They may not yeah, be able talk- to score at times. But they give teams problems with their athleticism in their side, for sure. I, I mean, I can't believe I missed this. 282 Rutgers is Ken Palm adjusted offense, offensive efficiency and number two in the country defensively. By the way, Peichel has done a great job as a defensive head coach yeah, sure. the entire time he's been there. That team that they had that almost beat Houston uh, in the second round was good. And I thought the team they had would have had in the tournament in the pandemic a year. Penn State, too, were both teams that would have won games that year. That would have been, yep. you know, Turgeon's yep. best chance to make a super deep run, uh, and they didn't get a chance to play in the tournament. Explain to me, because you've probably watched every single game like I have, how is yep. Jameer Young not a Final 10 Koozie Award winner uh, or Koozie Award finalist? How is that possible? Oh, He's been as good a scoring point guard, and by the way, defends as any that we've seen in the in the conference for sure. Oh no, I think it's blasphemous. I mean, I can't you you couldn't tell me why. I just don't think um, I don't think they're watching all of the games. They may just be ranked watching the ranked teams because even like a Braden Smith should have been on it. Because you look at some of the guys that were on that list, and no slack to them, but I mean. Dewan Harris is a really good player at Kansas, but he's also playing with two All-Americans. I mean, you look yep. at Hunter Dickinson, Kevin McClure. I mean, some guys on that list that are are getting on that list because maybe they were there to start the season. And I think everyone's deserving, but you look at what Jameer Young's done. Since that UCLA game, just 
dominating out there out west. I mean, you look at the Northwestern game, the 36 there. You look at the minute, even the loss to Michigan State. I mean, there's no there's no nine point guards that you can line up in front of me and I can say I'll take them over Jameer Young. I mean, he's he does it on both ends. You said he will guard the best perimeter player. He's a, I mean, you hear him after the game last night. He had 21. He could have talked about himself, but the first words he said in his post game was, "Shout out to Deshaun Harris Smith. We he he got going early." We played through him, and he led us through. And, I mean, that's just senior point guard. That's what, that's what it takes at this level. I'm a big, I'm a big, big Jameer Young fan. I mean, he, he competes. He's not scared. You think about that Michigan State game, he turned that basketball over to win the game. I mean, he turned it over on the yeah. break, went out of bounds. But then that very next game, eight, eight straight points in 90 seconds, a game-winning layup at Iowa. So, I mean, he has a short memory. He's tough. He's confident. He um he's one of the guys that I would take to war with 100 percent of the time. I think at the end of the season, I can't see a, I can't see a list with him not being on it. The way he's um continued this on and been consistent throughout this Big Ten season. Look in the history of this program, there have been great players and in great individual seasons. He's having a top three or four individual season. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, you know, yeah. seriously, with, with the likes of guys like Bias and Albert King and Juan Dixon. The 36-point the night he had at Northwestern was one of the best individual Man. performances of the year. Boo Booey was great, too, but that was yeah. just a sensational show that he put on. Let me ask you this before I let you run, and we're talking to Rafael Davis from the Big Ten Network. So I'm a big Maryland guy, went to Maryland, been a fan my entire life. We hated, most of us did, going into the Big Ten, which is now 10 years ago. All right, It's 10 years in the Big Ten for Maryland. Um, I love it now. I love the league. I love the grind of the league, night in and night out, the venues, et cetera. From our standpoint, it was a tough getting used to. What's Maryland been for Big Ten people? You're from the area, so you recognize you know, what Maryland basketball was in the ACC and for a long period of right. time. But what do you think Maryland basketball's meant to Big Ten people? Has oh, it been man, a non- I mean... Add or or is it something bigger than that? Uh, I look at, I mean, one, I look at Melo Trimble and those dudes. When they came in my junior season, I think they finished second in the league in their first year in the conference. So they, um, you know, Melo Trimble and the, yeah, that was that first year that they came in, Melo Trimble's freshman year. They were yeah, Jake Lehman. Yeah, yeah, Jake exactly. Lehman, those guys. And then Des that Wells. next year with Rasheed Suleiman came in, they were really good again. So, they come in and they made their impact felt. They made the impact felt strong. I mean, you know you're going to get a tough game with Maryland. You know they're going to have athletes. You know they're going to have good players. I mean, they come in and it's fit. They made you. They haven't come in and you never. I've never had a season where I'm thinking, oh, we're going to go to Maryland and get an easy one. So I mean, that's just it's just a high level respect. But what they've also done was by coming into the league, you allow guys like myself who, when I played at Maryland my senior season, I had 40 tickets go out. I have 40 tickets to family coming to the game that got to come and see me play. I mean, my grandmother went to Coolidge. My mother went to Woodrow Wilson. So, I mean, that just opens up the, the gates for the Big Ten, where though guys, they go to different schools because they know they can come back and play in front of family. You know what I mean? So, I thought it was a great addition. I still think it's a great addition. I think um, Coach Willard, even this year, brings a style that the Big Ten isn't used to. I think it helps the Big Ten. I think you um, – it helps them for the tournament. Say Maryland doesn't make the tournament. But teams that played Maryland this season, 
they have played a style of basketball that is conducive for the NCAA tournament. That's not normal Big Ten basketball. Rather, it's switching defenses, pressing some, the two-man offense, not a traditional style flow with the athletes they have. So I um, I tip my hat to Maryland, the way they came in early and affected the league and still how they're still, even though they're sitting at six and eight right now, you talk to the coaches around the Big Ten, no one wants to play Maryland. So those, those guys don't quit. Those guys play tough. Yeah. I hope that Traore and Jordan Geronimo, I hope they're okay. Yeah, right. Because if they, like I said, if they can figure it out right now, this is a this is a perfect time to figure some things out. And the good thing about it is they have some really good teams in front of them. They could kind of make some noise. So I'm um, I'm excited for the Terps. Your analysis is always great uh, on the Big Ten Network. By the way, my mother went to Coolidge. Um, so your grandmother, uh, my, you my mother, they may have been classmates for all we know. Uh, <laughs> great cool. job on the Big Ten Network. Really appreciate the, the time, Rafael. Take care. Uh, appreciate you having me. Have a good one. Yep. Joe Beninati next. We'll talk about Ovechkin's streak and can the Caps make a run back into contention. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.